from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I'm uh, I'm embarrassed to say that it's happened to me twice. Uh, I, I've been a Christian for 32 years. I became one when I was 20 out of a completely non-Christian background by trying to disprove the Bible. And back when I was 20, I realized that God loved me despite my sin, that God wanted me, uh, a relationship with me. He wanted to do life with me. I was all in. I gave God all my devotion. I sought Jesus with everything I am. And it was amazing. And, and I, I did the things I was supposed to do. You know, I, I went to church every week. I read the Bible every day. I prayed every day. And, and then years later, I realized that something had happened. And you might not have seen it if you looked at me, if you, if you knew me, but I knew. Somewhere along the line, when it came to my devotion to God, I, I think I was mostly just kind of going through the motions. And everything might have looked good, but I was not really prioritizing God. But that's what Christians do. Followers of Jesus prioritize God. Um, for instance, Jesus said that. Here's uh, three examples. It's from the book of Matthew. Um, he said, but seek first, first, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then in Matthew chapter 10, he says, uh, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Now, you might ask, oh, 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 okay, but why should we put God first? It's a good question, especially if maybe you're new to all this. And at Verve, we get lots of people who are new to all this. But you know, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're open, right? You're open spiritually. That's why you're watching but, but you maybe wonder, like, why do you have to be so extreme about it? Why do you have to put God first? Why, why does God insist on that? Well, it, it's kind of like a car. You know, the, the manufacturer tells you to put gas in the gas tank. And we don't question, what's your problem? Why do you insist on me putting gas in the gas tank? No, we understand that's the way a car works. And how you work is to have God at the very center of your life. You, you put God in your gas tank by putting him first. And if you don't, you'll always feel empty and always be seeking more. If you don't put God first, nothing else will work right. Like, um, have you ever buttoned up a shirt and by mistake you put the first button in the second buttonhole and then you, you keep buttoning, but then you get to the end and you realize, wait a second, Something's wrong. Everything's wrong. Your shirt is just totally screwed up. Why? Well, because if you put the first button in the second buttonhole, every button thereafter is in the wrong place. And if we don't put God first, if we put something else in that top spot, everything else ends up wrong. And you find yourself wondering why your life feels screwed up. Part of the problem is, if you don't put God first, You'll put something else first, and nothing else can handle the pressure of being the most important thing in your life. If, if you make your job uh, the most important thing, your job will always disappoint you. 
If you make your marriage most important, your marriage will struggle because of it. If you make your kids and, and, and their success what comes first, they will be burdened by the weight of that pressure and will probably disappoint you. If you prioritize being happy, you will forever be disappointed because you won't be able to achieve true lasting happiness without God being first. See, first is just too much pressure on anything else, and God knows that, so he invites you to put him first. But I wasn't. I, I wasn't putting God first. Yes, I was a Christian, and yes, I was a pastor, but somewhere along the way, instead of being faithfully devoted to pursuing Jesus, my devotion had kind of devolved into duty. I still read the Bible, but, but I kind of hurried through it without any expectation that God would do something in me through it. And I still prayed, but mostly I went through a, a list of things I was asking God for. And I, I started to wonder if maybe I was more trying to control God than really connect with him. And I, and I realized that I had become a, a full-time pastor, but a part-time follower of Jesus. I wasn't fully devoted Jesus. Can we pause for a moment? Because, I mean, that's me, right? I'm talking about me. But, but I wonder, are you faithfully, passionately, intentionally pursuing Jesus? Are you seeking him first? Are you pursuing him with, with wholehearted devotion? Or are you a, a bit more like I was? You, you, might, you might realize that you are a, a full-time mom but a part-time follower of Jesus, or a full-time student, but only partially devoted to Jesus. You could be fully invested in your business or your fitness routine or your YouTube channel or your freakishly style appearance, but you are not fully devoted to the one who is fully devoted to you. If you're honest, you may realize that you are not as committed, not as close, not as intimate with God as you once were, or that maybe you've never really walked closely with him, never um, truly sensed his loving presence, his, his ongoing guidance, his supernatural power. So why do we want to be devoted but find it so challenging to do? Here's what I think. It's because no one ever gets close to Jesus by accident. No one ever gets close to Jesus by accident, right? I mean, whoever said, you know, I was just doing the same thing as always, minding my own business, and suddenly I was really close to Jesus. Doesn't happen, right? I didn't mean to, but somehow I have this spiritual strength and confidence I've never had before. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not sure what happened, but all of a sudden, I just know God's word and I sense his presence. No, people never accidentally get close to Jesus, but man, we need to be close to Jesus. And so, if you're ready, you ready? We're going to revolutionize our lives by pre-deciding, I am devoted because of who God is and what he's done for me. I am willing to do anything and give up everything for him. God is first. God deserves that because God is God.
And when you understand who God is, nothing makes sense but to put him first. I am devoted. But uh, what, if, what if you're not? Well, honestly, you won't grow. You'll miss out on more of God and more of the life he made you to live. And, and it will just leave you feeling empty and wondering, what's missing? What's missing? What if you are devoted to him? Uh, you will grow in purpose, spiritual confidence. You'll become more and more like Jesus. Your life won't be perfect, but you'll know that you are loved perfectly by a perfect God and that you're going to a perfect place to be with him. What if you're not devoted but want to be? You can be. And here's good news. You need to make the predecision. okay? You need to make the decision, but actually living it out, being devoted, doesn't depend on you. You make the decision, but then you are empowered to live it out through your connection with Jesus. And that's why one time Jesus asked uh, this question. He asked, are you burdened? Uh, and then he said, uh, come to me. He, he didn't say tire. He didn't say try harder. Are you burdened? Well, then try harder. Or then stop failing. No, Jesus said, if you're burdened, come to me. And then he said, be yoked to me. Uh, yoked means connected. Jesus is telling us that the life you want comes through connection, so come to me. The power to live a devoted life comes from coming to Jesus. Uh, Jesus made this very clear in John chapter 15, verse 5. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you. Uh, he said that he is the vine. He said, you are a branch. Now, a vine comes up from the ground and the, the branch grows off the vine. It has a life-giving connection with the vine, right? It's, it's rooted in the vine. If it stays connected, it will get the, the nutrients it needs and, and, and bear fruit. If it's not connected to the vine, a branch can do nothing. It won't get nutrients. It won't bear fruit. A disconnected branch is dead. It's not even a branch. It's a stick. Jesus said, if you remain in me, in me, Jesus is inviting you to connect with him. More than that, to live inside of him. Remain in that verse is translated from the Greek word meno. It can also be translated abide. Abide means to live in, right? You, you abide in your house. Jesus, this is like mind-boggling. Jesus is inviting you to live inside of him. He also said there, he said, live in me, remain in me, and I in you. He's asking if he can live in you. And so Jesus is offering you a profound intimate, continual connection. That word meno can also be translated remain. In fact, uh, the word remain appears 11 times in John chapter 15. You might want to read John 15 on your own. You'll see 11 times. 11 times Jesus tells his disciples that he wants them to stay connected to continually live in him. But that's not what most Christians are doing. If you look at their lives, it's not what you would see. 
Uh, one way to think of this is in terms of hours, because really our lives are made up of time, right? So, so let's think of our life one week at a time. It's kind of an easy way for us to think. Each week, you get 168 hours. So here's what I want to do. I, I want you to let each of these lines represent one hour of your week. Okay, there's 168 lines there. If you are truly devoted to something, you'd probably agree that you devote some time to it, right? So where do you spend your time in a normal 168-hour week? Well, most of us spend about one-third of our time sleeping. Uh, most spend about another third of our time, more or less, at work or school, right? Uh, that leaves you around, it'll be different for each of us, but around 56 flexible hours remaining, right? We can take sleep, work, you have 56 hours. What do you do with those hours? Are you on social media? Maybe Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. Well, the, the average, check this, the average social media user spends 17 hours a week on social media. Which, <laughs> ah, I think we should just pause for a minute and let that sink in. 17 hours of your week. And, and so remember, you got your sleeping hours, you got your work or school hours, right? And, and now let's say that you spend, you're, you're an average person who's on social media doing about 17 hours a week. If that's true, that leaves about 39 hours for all the other stuff. And there's a lot of other stuff, right? Depending on who you are, you may drive your kids around like an unpaid Uber driver. You have to get gas in your car every well, six or seven days, clean the inside of your car every six or seven years. Um, there's buying groceries and cooking groceries and eating groceries and then cleaning up after you eat them. There's paying your bills every month and your taxes every year. Uh, there, there might be mowing your lawn, unless you live here in Vegas, then maybe not. Uh, there's working out. There's hanging out with your friends. There's binge watching whatever TV series you're into at the moment. And all of that takes about, wait a second, I'm doing some math, 38 hours, which leaves you one hour. What do you do with that hour? Well, th those of us who are Christians, we give that hour to God, right? We give that hour to God. Now, of course, there are Christians who devote significantly more than an hour a week to God, but there are also a lot of Christians who don't even do that. So, so let me just state the obvious. If you devote only one hour a week to anything, you are not likely to grow or improve significantly in that area of your life. True, right? I mean, if, if you... If you only exercise one hour a week, you're not going to get in a great physical shape. If you spend uh, only an hour a week with your spouse, you will not have a dream marriage. If you study for only an hour a week, you're not getting A's. You may not even graduate. So if we give just like in maybe an hour or two a week to God, well, then no wonder we don't think about him much and we fall back into that same old sin and rarely share our faith and care so much what other people think about us and find ourselves with just a lukewarm faith. And so we need to ask ourselves, man, are we really devoted? Have we put God first? 
Is he even anywhere close to first? If we want to live a life fully devoted to Jesus, it will never happen by accident. We need more, more connection, so we have more power to live a more devoted life. Um, what we need, we could say this, is we need a rule, a rule of life. Now, there are some rules for life, right? Some, some are great, uh, you know, uh, return borrowed vehicles with the gas tank full. That's a rule, man, you should do that. Uh, say please and thank you often. Leave the toilet seat down. That seems to be my wife's favorite. I've heard other rules for life that I'm just not so sure about. Like, um, I've heard this. If you're being chased by an animal, lay on the ground for five seconds. The five-second rule will keep the animal from eating you. I'm pretty sure that's not true. Um, I've heard this. Never under any circumstances take a sleeping pill and a laxative on the same night. Maybe that is good advice. Those are, you know, maybe questionable rules for life. But, but have you ever heard of the idea of a rule of life? Uh, Christians having a rule of life has been traced back to 397 AD when Augustine, who was kind of a brilliant theologian at the time, wrote a well-known rule of life for Christians. What is a rule of life? Well, they're not rules. We get the word rule, and as in rule of life, more from ruler, like a 12-inch ruler, than from rule. A rule of life is a set of intentional rhythms that help us stay connected to Jesus so that we can know more and become more and more like him. Um, they can be spiritual, relational, or vocational practices. So, so these habits, these practices help us to align ourselves with our deepest priorities, values, and passions um, so that we actually live our lives by those priorities, values, and passions. H having this rule helps us to overcome distractions and, and not be so scattered and, and hurried and reactive and exhausted. You, you wanna hear something fascinating? I, I think this is cool. So you remember Jesus said, he is the vine, we are the branches. Well, if you look at a vineyard, um, I grew up in, the, in a vineyard area, uh, you'll see the vine and you'll see the branches and you'll see something else. You will see a trellis. Uh, the trellis is the support structure. Uh, here's uh, some trellises um, without the vine and branches. You can see the trellises. Uh, and there's trellises with the vine and branches and fruit being produced. So without a trellis, uh, what happens is the branches will grow along the ground wildly. And on the ground, they are more prone to disease. They're more susceptible to pests that want to eat their fruit. Off the ground, supported by the trellises, the branches grow healthier. They produce more fruit. Uh, a trellis also makes for a more beautiful vineyard. Instead of you know, just all the vines and branches growing haphazardly along the ground. The vines and branches grow intertwined and vertically, right? This is vertically, not that. If, if you want healthy branches and a good crop of fruit, you, you need to provide a sturdy support structure. So what's fascinating? 
Well, the New Testament Bible is written in Greek, and the word for rule, as in rule of life, in Greek is the same word for trellis. Like a, like a trellis, a rule of life that I'm gonna encourage you to have, creates a structure of spiritual practices. And so, instead of feeling chaotic, you choose to deliberately live by a spiritual rhythm. You are therefore less vulnerable, you're healthier, you produce more fruit. You live a more beautiful, God-honoring, people-loving life. So I wanna encourage you to pre-decide your rule of life. Like, what are the habits that are so important I wanna prioritize putting them into my weekly schedule, into my 168 hours. Uh, your rule probably includes some practices that help build your relationship with God, like uh, reading the Bible, prayer, um, maybe fasting. Um, it may include some practices that nurture your physical life, like sleep, um, Sabbath, taking a day of rest, exercising regularly. Uh, you may have some relational elements, habits, that focus on your friendships and family. Um, you, you should consider, I would say, the, the Bible would say, having some practices in this rule of life, this is kind of my rhythm for my life, that are attached to your church involvement. Like, man, I'm gonna prioritize church every Sunday morning. I'm going to prioritize serving in my church, giving to my church. And definitely, uh, for sure, I, I would say being in a small group. Um, if you are in a group already, man, that's awesome. If not, we've got some great options for you. Um, we have one called Alpha, one called Rooted, and we are starting brand new Alpha and Rooted groups. Alpha is a group for people who are exploring faith, maybe coming back to faith, but it's like, oh, my faith is a little shaky right now, or I may not even have faith. And in Alpha, you get with this group of people and you, um, you explore together and incredible things happen. Uh, Rooted is a group for people who are like, no, I have faith, I, I believe in Jesus, but I wanna get rooted in Jesus and grow in my faith. I want, I want new, I want bigger, I want more. Get in a group, uh, get in a group. So there are, if you're, if you're like, man, I'm curious about this, you didn't teach me enough, I get it. I, I didn't, I don't have enough time, but there are a bunch of articles on the internet and great books that can help you develop your own rule of life. Maybe do a little Googling and think about like, what are this, the practices that are important to my spiritual well-being, my connection to Jesus that I wanna build into my life? Today, I wanna point you to just one essential spiritual practice, which is to spend meaningful time with Jesus every day. To spend meaningful time with Jesus every day. Now we know that won't happen accidentally. So we pre-decide, we're gonna pre-decide to be intentional. Our plan will include three intentional pre-decisions, a time, a place, and a plan. Because devotion matters, we will intentionally eliminate distractions so we can connect with Jesus in a deep way through, I don't know, maybe silence, prayer, reading the Bible, listening to worship music, or whatever it is that allows you to come to Jesus and give him space to work in your life, okay? So we're gonna pick first a time. Uh, I wanna encourage you to pick a time when Jesus can get your undistracted attention. Whatever time is gonna be best for you, plan it and prioritize it, okay? Might be bre before breakfast, you know, first thing in the morning, might be lunchtime, might be evening, Pick it, plan it, prioritize it. Uh, we're also gonna pick a place. 
It doesn't always have to be the same place. You, know, you might have a special day here and there where you go somewhere else and do something different. But for the most part, having a consistent place to connect with Jesus will probably help you to do it consistently. Where should you do it? I suggest choosing a place you love, a place you want to be. So you're looking forward to this. A time, a place, and also a plan. If something is important to you, you plan it out ahead of time. So instead of showing up at your time and place in a haphazard way and then feeling like, well, I don't really know what to do, you're going to pre-decide a plan. Um, and you may vary from it once you're in it, but you're going to go into it with a plan. Uh, your intention is to encounter Jesus. He has invited you into that time and you're going to be open to whatever he wants to say to you or do in you. So what's your plan? That's up to you. Um, you might want to use the Verve Bible reading plan, uh, which you can find at vervecatalyst.org. If you go to vervecatalyst.org, you can um, subscribe to it, which nothing else weird is going to happen, but um, you'll get an email to you every day, and it'll give you a chapter to read in the Bible, some study notes, some application questions, and if you want a, a five-minute podcast that I do every day uh, that will help you to think about and apply the passage you read that day. Uh, you might, during this time with Jesus, um, in addition to reading the Bible, you might spend some time praying. You might make playlists of favorite worship songs you listen to. I do that. The, the plan is up to you, but I encourage you to pre-decide on a plan. By the way, um, if you do end up deciding, I want to get in one of those rooted groups, which again, great move on your part. Uh, we've got online rooted group. Um, you talk about this stuff. You will learn more about how to do this time with Jesus. Man, take rooted. As you start prioritizing this time with Jesus, something's going to happen. Uh, your time with Jesus will start seeping out of your time with Jesus. Uh, you're, you're just going to find yourself, without even like thinking about it, without deciding to, you're going to find yourself talking to and trusting him um, more than you ever have depending on him, aligning your heart with his, um, starting to hear his voice whisper as he nudges you throughout the day, um, receiving wisdom from him as he guides your steps. You, you'll, you'll find yourself, and you won't know why, but you're, you'll find yourself loving those who are difficult to love better than you have before, uh, for, for, forgiving those who hurt you, blessing those who curse you, having your heart break through what breaks his. You'll become more aware of your sin, and you'll want to turn away from what's wrong so you can pursue what's right. You won't be able to keep the goodness of Jesus to yourself. You'll, you'll just find yourself wanting to share him with others and, and living by faith, and, um, and, and you'll see God do more in you, and you'll see God do more through you than you ever imagined. All because... You decided, I'm going to spend daily time with Jesus. And, and, and as all of that happens, as that time with Jesus seeps out of that time with Jesus, you'll realize that something has happened. You, you remember those 56 flexible hours where you're not sleeping or, you know, right? God will no longer get your leftover hour or two. In fact, what will happen is God will no longer feel like a part of your life. Instead, you'll realize God is your life. He's all of it. You'll start living the life that you were meant to live, and you will realize that it's happened. I am devoted. 
I am seeking first the one who matters most. By the way, it may feel like, like that's a lot. Like God is asking a lot of you. Well, if so, there's something to remember. Yes, God is asking you to put him first. But God first put you first. God is asking you to seek him first. But God first sought you first. He's asking you to devote your life to him. But he gave up his life for you on the cross. In fact, God didn't just decide to do that. He pre-decided to do that for you. What the Bible says in uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 1, it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And back in eternity past, before he created the world, before there was a you, God predecided to seek you and have Jesus die for you. Why? Because he loved you. And you are not going to find love like that anywhere else. God is devoted to you. He put you first. Let's put him first. I am devoted. Let's pray for that. God, thank you um, for this chance that we have uh, to focus on you, to eliminate distractions, and to make a decision that, God, I want to live a devoted life. I want you first in my life. Nowhere else. I want you first. If not, everything else will, will be messed up. And God, my prayer is that we would start having this devoted time, this focused time on you without distractions every day because it's that connection that, that empowers us to live a devoted life. Jesus says, man, I am the vine, you are the branches. Stay connected to me and, and you will produce fruit. Your life is going to be fruitful. It's going to be beautiful. Apart from me, you can do nothing. God, would you help us to make that pre-decision today? I'm going to choose a time, a place, and a plan, and I'm going to spend time with you, God, every day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.